and welcome to In the Village, a prisoner intro cast. This week we are doing the episode Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling. Uh, but my name is Shane, and joined as almost always is uh, Aaron. Salutations, everyone. Uh, John. Hello. And joining us for the for his last time, Sergeant Drano. Excelsior! <laughs> I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna get sued now. Stanley's gonna sue me. I don't think we're popular. Enough. I don't think we're popular enough to for that to matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's got that trademarked yet. Yeah. It's... Stanley is a cold man. He will hunt me down. So welcome to the last ever podcast that Sergeant Drain is ever gonna do. <laughs> ever. I know that's wrong. <laughs> well, this podcast anyway. I tell you uh, what. This this is the most hating on Sergeant Drano podcast that I have ever podcasted on. How many podcasts have you podcasted on? He's podcasting on. I don't. Video. I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, the TV war synopsis: The prisoner awakens to find himself back in his London house, a bit stranger to himself when he looks in the mirror. What is this new process? And is the prisoner strong enough to retain his own identity? That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 These synopsis are pretty synopsis-y. <laughs> Not well, even good, a full not away spoilers. <laughs> well, I mean, I could always go to the IMDb's, IMDb spoilers and see if what's there. Probably not much. Don't do it, be. man. It's too late in oh. the series to be doing that now. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, uh, overall, I know I'm doing it. I'm doing this a little bit first uh, this week, but overall, what do you think of the episode? I'm interested in this too. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to like it. I really did. But like, okay. the, the, the sheer fact is that it was an entire left turn from everything else we've done throughout the entire show that it was just kind of <laughs> how did do, this doesn't feel like it fits. It feels like it's something that based on everything else, it's like it's what well, this is something we wanted to do originally. It's like, OK, but the rest of your episodes don't seem to lead up anywhere to this. This is just kind of plopped right in the middle. It's kind of what the hell? <laughs> that's that's kind of my feelings on this episode. OK, like, I want to I want to oh. like it, but it's so uh. <laughs> uh, I I did like this episode. Um, okay, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it's more like the crazy headspace stuff that they should be doing through the whole series. Um, there there are a couple of problems I have. There's a couple of false leads in this episode. Um, I I don't know if we want to get start giving it away now. Oh, but uh, there, there I mean th- this episode has its problems, and it's not formatted the same way as the rest of the episode, so I'm wondering right. if there's I don't know, executive tampering, something to do with the script. The <laughs> That's making you excited to have direct halfway through. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, on, on the whole, I, I kind of like this episode. Okay. I think I think I get what you're going at. It's like I, it, it was enjoyable, but at the same time, it was the fact that, is this what we should have been doing the whole time? Because if so, yeah. why weren't we? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Okay, well, um, <laughs> you mentioned Patrick McGoo in there. He was actually away filming a film called Ice Station Zebra at the time. Yep. The what? <laughs> a fi- um, film called Ice Station Zebra. Ice Station oh, Zebra. Yes. Yeah. McGoo was in that? Yep. I have yeah, he seen played him. a uh, he played a British secret agent, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Yep. Patrick McGoo playing a British secret agent? That's never happened before, ever. Oh, nonsense. And and uh, you remember the the clothing that he was wearing in the very first episode of the Prisoner Arrival, that black shirt. Uh, he wears that same shirt in Ice Station Zebra. Ha ha! <laughs> You've blown my mind, Drano. Right 
<laughs> My mind has been blown. Um, it was written. Uh, PlayStation Zebra. No, no, I'm, I'm listening to the. I'm, sorry, it was written by Vincent Tilsley. I think I've heard that name before. The director was Pat Jackson. If that means anything. Yeah. yeah. I think I've heard that name before too. Yeah, Vincent Tilsley also developed Children's a Big Band. Ah, okay. Ah. And how about Pat Jackson? What's he done? Um, yes, yeah, you, you don't have Pat Jackson's he, info, do you? Uh, he did Hammer Under Anvil, The Schizoid Man, and ABC. Oh, okay. He did, he, he, did those episodes, he did those episodes of The Prisoner as well. Yeah. Those are, some, those are some pretty solid episodes, I think. He did 12 episodes, apparently, of Rendezvous. I don't know what that is. No, I'm just I'm just going through his biography now on IMDb. Okay. So ignore the rest of that. Okay, <laughs> yes. Uh, this was actually part of uh, the second the second well, going to call it the second production block. What they were originally going to do was two production blocks or two seasons, as you were, as if you will, um, of thirteen episodes. With this being um, the first episode filmed. Of the um, of the second production block. Okay, that so they explains had, so, the montage in the beginning of the episode. So they had hoped for this to be the first episode in a second series, the second season, is not, what I'm getting at. Not That's what I'm hearing. Quite, not quite. This was the <laughs> first. This was the first episode filmed of the second block. Okay, it's a production block versus series thing. I guess it yeah. has more to do with the, the money and the budget, probably. Yeah. I wish I could tell you more, but I can't on that. <laughs> Spoilers, or you just don't know? Spoilers, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. Very well. Uh, Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Uh, but they had very sh- a small amount of time to actually write this. Uh, George Markstein, who was uh, one of the lead producers alongside Petra McGowan, his relationship with Petra McGowan was so... Uh, tour to that stage. He actually left the series. So he left during this episode, before or after be- this be- episode? Between the between the first production block and the second production block. Because there okay, was some so disagreement he's gone, he's gone with Patrick. Yeah. So they did not get along. <laughs> no, they did not get along at all. Jeez, this seems to be a running theme here with Patrick McGowan. <laughs> Somebody not getting along with Patrick McGowan? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... What a, what a surprise. Oh, I, I didn't think that would ever happen. No. <laughs> What? Uh, okay. How did I not know this? Okay. What? Oh, I, 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 decided to, I decided to click on Patrick McGowan on IMDb for no apparent reason today. Yeah. And, and he was in Braveheart, apparently. Go for it. <laughs> How did I, you not know that? Because I, don't, I didn't pay att- because I didn't pay attention to any of the actors in that movie, <laughs> and I have a giant beef against that movie on so many other okay. levels. We, we mentioned on. that we mentioned that like the beginning of the podcast. Yes. Okay, like like seven episodes ago, we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, that's the problem. It was seven episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, he's he been was, in the uh... amnesia room. <laughs> oh yeah, he was in I've, the amnesia. I've been yodeling at that egg on a fountain for quite some time now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the episode we're talking about. This this was the original idea for this episode, and you're gonna laugh at this. Uh, the original idea was a magician would use number six in the subject in his act and make him vanish for the bulk of the episode. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> let's just make it even more out of left field, why don't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
talking about this particular script, the episode that we're uh, talking about, uh, Tilsey recorded it was a terrible idea, but the mind-swapping thing was all I could think of at the time. I was also feeling quite resentful about it when I when I wrote it, resentful at an artistic integrity or the lack of it. <laughs> I don't know this for sure, but I get the feeling there's not a whole lot of love in the fandom for this episode. No, there isn't. I actually do like this episode, too. It's, I mean, it's, it's not the best episode ever, but I think it's pretty solid, especially with what they had to work with. Yeah. yeah. If I could throw a cheap plug for, and we've had these guys on the podcast before, and they're great people, mm-hmm. uh, the Back in the Village podcast. I know you've listened to that, that episode on this on this particular show. <laughs> yeah, they hated uh, it. They hated it. <laughs> really? We should get them, we should get them back on. <laughs> They'd be a lot better than this. Drano guy. Yeah. That yes. guy's <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, into the episode. We open we up start. with a slideshow. Yeah, indeed. Not the opening titles. Cold open. Yeah. Yes. This, yeah, this is the first time we ever get a uh, uh, pre credit sequence. Yeah. Yes. Well, the first time so far. <laughs> Shut up, Drano. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know, I know there's, one, I know there's one for the final episode because uh, every time I go to, to watch the next episode, that's the first thing it opens up, and I'm like, no, stop it! I don't need to hear the organ music now. <laughs> wow, that's yes. how, that's how Daily Motion decides to play because the way the guys uploaded it, the last episode's the first thing in the playlist. Oh wow! So it's like, no, stop that! Don't need that. Yes. Well, funny enough, we were talking about this is the worst. This is the most hated episode on on IMDb. It is not the lowest rated episode, actually. I, oh, I don't think I don't think it's, it's the most hated episode. It's just not like it's it's the second lowest rate. It's at seven point five stars. Living in Harmony has seven point four. Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. Oh, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked about that. We're that's that's just that that's just based on IMDb's ratings, which we all know are are fickle. And that's that surprises me a little bit. I, I, I can't say anything, actually, otherwise it will give my opinion away. We'll, we'll talk about that next week, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll do. So yeah. we open up with a slideshow, and they're trying to figure out where everything's from, and they know exactly yes. where every photo is. Who is the Seltzman? Where is Seltzman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, it, you know, they, and apparently, they mentioned uh, during the slideshow that they've scanned these, you know, every they've used, like, every test available yeah. to yeah, scan yeah. these pictures. Yeah, yeah. And yet later in the episode, they obviously didn't. Just saying. Well, well, they say what? they superimpose them, but as we see yeah, later on in the episode, they don't know the code to how to superimpose them. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're talking yeah. about there's a code to do it, and he knows it, but we don't. Yeah. And you also got to add the special glasses. Yeah, the glasses, the, the glasses lenses. Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, so uh, we cut to the opening sequence, a slightly different opening sequence in this episode. Yes. Yes, we don't. Was it? Yeah. It, it seemed like the same exact thing to me, but I guess I've just not been. I stopped paying attention to it from now on. Well, mu- musically, I guess it's a little different. Yeah. And once he once he wakes up, they don't do the whole. Uh... Who are you? Yeah, yeah. they don't they uh, skip that this part. Is true. Yeah, so it cuts straight into a helicopter shot. Yeah, I really liked that music. What did you guys think of the music here? As I'm listening to it right now, so <laughs> uh, I. I didn't really have an opinion on it. Oh, uh, going back just a second to the to the with a cold open with the slides. Did you guys catch in that the this 
the 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 vague tune in the background was uh, "My Body Lies Over the Ocean." I think I I think I was I think I may have noticed that. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we come we come out and we see the ha- we don't we see the helicopter landing in the village over uh, the over the total over the um, total uh, total sequence and. What follows is duck shots. Duck shots. Duck shots. Quack quack. <laughs> duck shots. Oh. Yes. Thirty-six of them. Nine of them were overexposed. Just as many underexposed. And it's yeah, it's, it's, that's just going to be a term Where I'm going to be so saying. That's going to be a term that I'm going to be saying a lot this episode. I think. <laughs> okay. Stock shots. Yeah, then we see number two for the first time. And I, I, would, I usually, at this point, ask you what you think of this number two, but considering he doesn't really appear much... No, he doesn't. What do you think of this man? Um, yeah, I don't know. You see him some. He says some stuff. Um, I think a man who spends his days doing that must be very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the colonel. That's the <laughs> colonel. <number> two. <laughs> This number two is the one who always he's always saying "take it easy." Mm. <laughs> then we uh, have we're introduced to the colonel, and they're watching number two walk around his home, and it's another stock shot. Or number six. Number two, yeah, sorry, yeah, and it is another stock shot. Yet another stock shot. Stock shots, <laughs> stock shots everywhere. And another There's a stock. lot of them in this, in in this episode. Yeah. Yes. And they seem to have. think. They seem to think that the guy that plays the colonel looks remotely like Patrick McGowan. This is not the case. Mm. And number two takes uh, number uh, the colonel to the amnesia room. It's the amnesia room. And it raises his memory of Braveheart. <laughs> yes, indeed. Braveheart hadn't happened yet. And we're int- and hundreds of years ago. Yes. And we are introduced to... Uh, the process of them erasing the village from somebody's mind. Yeah. I thought this was a pretty Which, neat world-building thing. Which yeah, yeah, it raises the question, you know, if they have the technology to, you know, forcibly extract information out of somebody, mm-hmm. why haven't they done this to six? <laughs> well, they're not extracting it. Well, well yeah, I, I guess... Because yeah, I mean, they mentioned that, like, they broke the guy in this yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. in three days, and now they're erasing his memory, and they're going to shuffle him back into society. So yeah, why have they done this to six? With this guy, they didn't have to worry about damaging the tissue. See, so they didn't. Yeah, that's true. They didn't that's have to use point. the. Uh, right, they right. didn't have to use the, the any kind of soft touch on this guy, so very, they were able to break him really very, fast. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, and number two makes reference to something that we've never heard of before, uh, where they want to. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's now. I hope they haven't wrote it in the wrong in my notes. Um, that they want to um, start taking people from the other side and implant them with brains or the memories. Yeah, mind to mind transfer. Yeah. Yes. Break the security of any nation. Yeah. Yes. Um, we should very, we should very, very forward building for the village because hmm. usually they're so you know they're they're involved with themselves, but now we're looking at the outside world a bit more. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they've got probably got agents all over the place, right? Infiltrating all over the place. 
No. Yes. Um, maybe. I mean, it, it. We could take this as you know, like these two people know who the village works for, so they're yep. speaking in context of outside the village. But since, I mean, honestly, it's gobbledygook to us because we don't know who which, whose side the village is on. What What do you guys think about that? As of this episode, <laughs> what are you, any any new feelings about uh, which side runs the village? If any particular side runs the village, what do you think? We just like information. Information. <laughs> you won't get it. <laughs> I, I I still really think they're a third party organization that just wants information to sell it to the ah, highest bidder. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Could interesting. Be. Interesting. 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 Um. Yeah. Oh, this. Uh. We see the soldiers again. Yeah. Around this particular point. Yeah. Like we. Last saw him in uh, the general, I think. Maybe I think so. Yeah, yeah. They were hanging out underground in the general. Now they're back. Yeah. So kidnapping Patrick kids. McGowan's stunt double. <laughs> yes, obviously. Yeah, trying to, and he's try, and protection, protection. No, Patrick McGowan's stunt double is trying to avoid the fact that he's getting his face shown on camera. Yeah. <laughs> I know through through most of the episode they don't actually show McGowan. No, it's only, <laughs> it's only really that scene at the end. Yeah. Yep. And a little voiceover stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but that's ADR, so they could have done that at any time. <laughs> he phoned it in from literally a yeah. station Jeeber production set. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then we are introduced to a little demo, and from that demo. We are introduced to a montage. Montage. See, now, I've, I've, montage. Yeah. Of stock shots. Yeah, see, <laughs> now, now this is part of the thing where I was talking about where the the plot kind of diverges a little bit. Because what, what I thought they were going to do with, is if that they were just copying memories from one person to another. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why they were keeping six in the chair. And that as time would go on, the memories would bleed out. Mm-hmm. So you know, you start off thinking you know you're this person, and then all, as those memories bleed out, you turn back into the person you were, as uh-huh. opposed to actual brain to mind to mind transfer. Yeah, but no, they don't do that. God damn okay. It. <laughs> and we also uh, see. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to him throughout the episode as the Colonel, not Number Six. <laughs> Why not? Because he's not six. <laughs> So, so he wakes up in so he wakes up in the in this in the, it's a house, not an apartment, but you know, by what we've seen in um, in uh, living in uh, in um, many happy returns. Thank you very much. I, I blanked on the um, I, so it's definitely so it's definitely a house. Lose your room. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a house. So why is he sleeping downstairs? Uh, and not in his own bedroom, unless his bedroom's downstairs. Fell asleep on the uh, couch. Well, the so, well, the real reason he's sleeping downstairs is because that's where they put him when they planted him there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, just a just a question. <laughs> he likes it. That's his favorite spot. Because reasons. Yeah. Yes. So at this stage, he he remembered the montage sequence. Oh, we see yep. the montage sequence, which runs on for bloody ages. It feels like it, yep. Yep, which is from two episodes. Grand total of two episodes in that montage. Yep. 
Can you guys name them? <clears throat> I can. Of course Shane uh, can. Uh, I, I, I couldn't anymore. <laughs> oh, made that such a big impression on, on you that... A lot, a lot, a lot has gone on between the the watching of those episodes and the and the recording of those episodes and. No, my amnesia room. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, singing that egg takes a lot out of you. <laughs> That's one of the episodes. That would be a rival when the guy is yeah. singing at the egg. <laughs> yeah. The other one is free for all. The, yeah. the election episode. Mm. All right. Uh, so so he answers the door for Janet. Damn it, yeah. Janet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes, the never before mentioned girlfriend. Fiance. Fiance. Fiance, yeah. See, now this is why he doesn't hit on any girls. Yes. He's committed. Yes. Great. It doesn't have anything to do with Patrick McGowan's personal beliefs. Yes. Of course not. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, what, what do you think of Jenna as a character? Um. Serviceable. (laughs) (laughs) But she's not in the episode a lot. Um, It would have been nice to have had some sort of preamble to her being there. Um, Other than that, I can't really say much about her. Okay. She's fairly. Yeah, it was very interesting to find out who her father was, though. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I found her fairly ordinary looking, but at the same time, I could totally see somebody like Patrick McGowan. Uh, dating somebody like that, so I guess it sort of fit for me. Okay. Whatever that means. Means you're a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Trino, I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Uh, then uh, we have a punch of mirror. Have... Yep. Well, this is also uh, this is where we find out that uh, his memory's been erased for like a year back, yep. right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was about to say, yeah. Well, he's he's been in the village for a year. Yeah. And I guess we're meant to believe that he doesn't really remember anything of the village except maybe those brief flashes he got when he first woke up and looked in the mirror type possibly, of deal. Possibly, yeah, possibly. I didn't take it like that. Okay. Well, how, how did you take um, it? I, I took it like that was like the... the Again, this was going. I was going off the supposition that they had just copied memories over, and that was part because with the the monologue from two was talking about you know, uh, you know, basically be our agent on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I had taken it was that was part of the the programming leading up to you know, okay, this is who uh, six is, you know, go be six. Okay. Um... Yeah, I kind of know what you mean, because something he says during that montage really gives that impression. He says, uh, proceed as our friend would have done. Yeah. Which is definitely confusing, because I think the bulk of the episode really wants you to accept that this really is number six's mind in this guy. Mm-hmm. And that it's permanent, unless yeah. he gets switched back. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a an inconsistency with the writing, perhaps. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Well, this next scene where Janet goes to see her father really bugs the annoying crap out of me. The annoying crap out of you? Yes. Why? Wait, that? if it <laughs> if that crap was annoying you, maybe it's good that she bugged it right out of you. <laughs> well, he, well, she goes into the room mm-hmm. and says, "Do you know where he is?" He replies, I presume you're talking about your fiancé. 
Oh, the, the clunky dialogue about getting yes. around his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you have preferred them to do? You don't want them to actually say his name, do you? Well, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in that sort of situation, you would, I would, if I was Janet, I would say, you know, I would jump into the room and say, you would know where John is. <laughs> or Peter. Yes. <laughs> nope, got to stick with the code names. Or no name at all. Yeah. You know, so... Do we believe uh, Charles Portman (coughs) when he says that he doesn't know anything? Yes, I do. Yeah, I don't think he knows. Yeah. And just how high up is this guy? It makes... It makes it, I mean, we've, we've met superiors before, but I kind of get the feeling like this guy is supposed to be like the head of British intelligence or something. Yeah. What do you guys think? I, Incidentally, I Shane, right? Shane, maybe, maybe you can tell us is like, uh, I mean, who, who is the head of British intelligence? Is that oftentimes a sir type dude, a knight person? Uh, or You mean MI5? Yeah. Uh, depends, yeah whatever, depends on which one we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure, M nine actually M nine. No, <laughs> well, traditionally the uh, secret service in this country, as in the spiral, not not the American secret service, um, uh, is done into two distinct places: That's the MI five and MI six. Right, and number until, six would and, would have and, been an MI six agent, I think. Yeah, possibly. In until very very recent times, uh, their names and who you know and were very very top, top secret. Uh-huh. Nobody knew who they were, but, but, now, least, they do. but now they do. Yes, now, that's why. Well, uh, in, well, who were who were some previous heads of uh, those agencies? Oh, uh, I'll get back to that question in a second. <laughs> oh, 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 he's working his way around to it. Um, like a couple of years ago, or more than a couple of years ago, um, they decided to for the first time put in a. Um, uh, woman. Uh huh. That was when they started making those new Bond movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that, that was that was actually the um, inspiration. Did they put Judy Dench? I'm afraid not. No, they, they didn't. No, they didn't. But uh. um, I got some. I do actually have some uh, director general of, of uh, Secret Service. If you want me to say the names. Sure. Uh, we've got um, uh, Sir Stephen Lander. Ah, so there's a sir. Good deal. Yeah. Dame Sarah Rigmonton. That was a female. That's the new one, I guess. That's, no, that was 90, uh, 92 to 96. Uh, was, that one of the fir- was that the first woman you were talking about? Yeah, or? first woman, yeah. Okay. And Judy Dench is also a dame, so it's yeah. consistent. Okay. Yep. Uh, sir, Jonathan, uh, sir Jonathan Evans. That was the last. That's, he finished in 2013. Another sir. Yep, they're all thir- sirs. Um, they're all sirs. Ah. Or dames, apart from the first two, who were Major General Sir Wooden Keel, uh-huh. 1909 to 1940. He was a Major not, General. Sorry, had to. Not a modern Major <laughs> uh, Not a modern Major General, but a Major General. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And Brigadier Oswald Allen Hacker from 1940 to 1941. Oh, really, Hacker? And the first director general to be actually publicly named was Dame Stella Rigmonton. Interesting. Cool. Okay. So what we've learned is, yes, it's consistent for the head of one of these agencies to be a knight. Yeah. Cool. 
but we still don't know which agency Six belonged to. <laughs> well, if he, we, we know that he, uh, as an agent, it seems like he's did done stuff overseas, so that would that would make it more inclined to be MI6. And, but, yeah, and uh, the code names of MI5 is K, and MI and MI6 is C. Ah, interesting. And C is well, I guess we can't talk about that. That's a spoiler. <laughs> the C is a pirate's favorite letter. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yeah. So yes, it's a brief history of MI five slash MI six. Interesting. Um, seemed like I was going to say something else, but you didn't. Oh yeah, I was going to say if. Uh, of course, I think you guys have already uh, addressed the the uh, debate on whether or not. Uh, number six is uh, the guy from Danger Man, right? Uh, we've discussed it briefly. Yeah. We've yet to reach a solid conclusion. Okay. Well, if it if he is in fact that character, uh, in that case, the agency would be called M Nine, I think. Possibly. I think that's what his agency was called. Yeah. So uh, the colonel decides to drive to the headquarters. Yep. In a repeat of the sequence that we saw in Many Happy Returns. Yep. Cosplaying, uh, <laughs> cosplaying, uh, Patrick McGowan in Arrival with his black suit. Yeah. And he's st- black. And he storms <laughs> into the office. However, this time, it's not George Sparkstein behind the desk because he had left the service by that point. He's buggered off. <laughs> he's buggered off somewhere else. <laughs> <clears throat> and he's like, who the hell are you? I'm that guy. You don't Jonathan Peregrine my... Danvers. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so uh, yes, yeah. it was Jonathan Livingston Steagall. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we. So yeah. He's a seagull. He's not a peregrine, <laughs> which I think is another kind of bird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's falcon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we <clears throat> have a scene of the colonel trying to convince everyone that he is actually indeed number six. And uh, we get a few code names. Yes. Now I have when you whenever you get to a good point, I have something to bring up about this particular scene. Now that I've interrupted your train of thought, this is probably a good time to bring up something about this scene. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, for years and years and years, um, I thought that. Uh, when the supervisor guy comes out and asks, asks, what is your name? I thought that he was saying code Uriel, like U-R-I-E-L. Oh, okay. Not code or real. But the subtitles that I saw today say code or real, yep, that's, yep, which that's actually the makes more sense. That's the quote. That does make more sense. Uh, but it's interesting because in something else... That's been dubbed official. Yeah. Uh, they've apparently got that U R I E L thing down <laughs> as the proper code name. So uh, apparently. Uh, oh yeah, well, I know what you. I know. I know what you're referring to. Yes. Yes. So like the angel. Yes. Yes. But I thought that was interesting. So apparently, uh, and what I was going to ask you, Shane, is do you know? Have you seen the script for this episode? I'm assuming that it is supposed to be code or real. According to according to the subtitles that I saw, yeah. Oh, so you're just going off subtitles too? Yeah, yeah I am. Yes, 
Because sometimes those are wrong. I mean, even the subtitles for this episode don't always correspond to the actual dialogue. Sometimes yeah, I they kind don't. Of... I don't actually have. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't own the script books as of yet. Okay. I would be interested to know what the actual line is supposed to be. I'm sure. Um, if I'm sure when I if if I get the script books between now and the end of the podcast. Not this particular podcast, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will update everyone. Cool. Um, but yeah, so... What other uh, code names? In Germany. In France. He was that guy. He was, was Duval and Schmidt. What's his face? And then we, we get a number. Row. Did we lose Shane? No, I'm still here. No, oh, sorry. Okay. I was expecting you to jump in at some point. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking for the next point. Okay, well, we get Duval, Schmidt, and uh, ZM73. Hmm. Uh, th- then uh, number six is actually, is, uh, get, well, the colonel is actually given a meeting, an audience with... Um, Sir Charles. Yeah, exactly, Sir Charles. They go up in that cool elevator. Yes. Like five times. Yeah, it was obviously meant to be the one one complete trip, but obviously it's obvious anyone who's concerned is just going up the one one floor. We we only built the set so high, so you know we can only do like half shots. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to start crouching down when it gets hired because it's like going up. Yeah. You don't happen to know if that's like a real elevator thing or something they mocked up for the show. I'm, I'm assuming it's a real location. Okay. Uh, it was it was odd to me the way they shot it because they shot it as if it wasn't a real elevator. <laughs> here we go. Here we here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh boy. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, when the colonel was taken by Villas to see Sir Charles and his departure from the building, followed by Potter, use of the distinctive Patacosta lift found in the premises of. GEC Marconi, an L Street way in Bournemouth, very close to MGM Studios. Huh, okay. Hey guys, can we use your elevator for a second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've admired it for many years. It's quite a lovely <laughs> elevator. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, he, so he's going to an audience with Chair Charles. Who doesn't believe him? Surprise, would he? he? He's got no reason to believe the guy. Yeah. <laughs> And he's being and he's being um, told um, followed. Yep. At least he's nice enough to tell him that I'm going to have you followed. Yep. Big time. <laughs> and he and he uh, leaves in his uh, Lotus. Yep. And which is, go ahead. And transforms into Patrick Gunn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the KAR 120C up by this point had been sewed. Yes, that's what? true. And yes, it's actually a different one. What? Lotus in the, they in the stock, the in the shots that aren't stock. Yeah. Yeah. Lotus Why did they sell the car? I to for the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lotus were no longer involved with the Super Seven. That's the make. Uh, so everyone, so every man films contacted Peter Wire of the Barnett Motor Company, who located a similar model. LCKA8D, who had just been sold with friend Richard Raycroft, and this was loaned with a fake number plate. Yep. Apparently, there's some subtle differences in how the numbers are attached to the car that you can tell them apart. I think. Uh, I think that's what I heard. Yeah. 
and he arrives, and we see we see an Undertaker. The Undertaker, is yeah. it? Yeah. I thought that was a neat nod back to uh, yeah. continuity. I really liked that. Also, um, I guess I would just wanted to. Uh, I thought it was interesting. All those stock shots, they seem like very clearly like stuff that they shot for the opening sequence, but didn't use. Yeah. It was just kind of interesting seeing all this driving around, and I almost think it would be kind of neat to edit all that extra stuff together to make like a really, really long opening sequence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where he's doing extra bunch of driving, you know, on his yeah. way to resign. That'd be pretty awesome, so I think. Possibly. Possibly. So, um... I got another uh, question, Shane. Go, go take it, please. Do, do you guys still have uh, like the Undertakers like that? Do they, is that like a yeah, like a we do like a traditional thing where they drive those old cars around and dress like that and have sure, the little yep, uh, yep 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 yep. What's what's with the little headband thing? What's that? Top hat. No, no, the, he has on like a like a, a a headband under the hat. It looks like like a black oh strip um, of cloth around his forehead or something. That's that's. That's a piece of cloth you put around the head if the if the hat is a little too big for you. That way, it snugs up the, the fit of the hat. Really? Yeah. How do you know this? I I like hats. <laughs> a man likes his yeah. hats. Wow. I guess so. It's, Interesting. Okay. I like I like hats. Good to know. Yeah. But yeah, I have a. Unfortunately, I have a funeral directors, uh, literally two um, two streets away from where I live. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's convenient. Wow, well, that's true. <laughs> if you should happen to die, <laughs> or need to get rid of somebody, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, so they they so? they they do they do dress like that, and some um, some of them do have double old vehicles. Cool, like what the Undertaker is driving. Very do they have gas guns? No, they don't. Oh darn. <laughs> Do they whisk you away to a mysterious otherworldly village that uh, sits somewhere, maybe not Wales? <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. Oh, that's a shame. Well, if they did, then I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you. <laughs> they just haven't found you yet. <laughs> maybe if I resign. Ah. Don't resign, Shane. Don't resign. <laughs> don't do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> Angrily. Yes. Oh, so, make sure you drive around a bunch first, money. though. Yeah, rats haven't gotten at his American money, apparently. At, at, at his money that's in the safe that I'm not sure how the rats would have gotten into said safe, but oh, that was that was a point I wanted to make actually. Resigning. Uh huh. So, so that um, when he wakes up at, at, near the start of the episode, yes, uh, he's presumably presumably he's um, uh, in his is in, in his mind he's t- been taken all the. Uh, uh, memories of the village out, right? Correct. Correct. In theory. In, in, okay. So presumably he would he would be back to the morning of when he was abducted. Eh, unless they took him back farther. I've got the feeling. I mean, he's he's obviously talking about hum de hum de hum da 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 da. Janet's birthday. He's yeah. the boss. So I mean, obviously he he's not thinking about resigning right this second. E- exactly. So. so what? So what made made him go from that to the angry man that we see at the opening credits? Well, maybe it's the morning before the morning that he was going to resign. Obviously, it's before whatever happened that caused that made him want to resign. But at the same time, 
I, I really get the impression that, that he's been taken back to some point pretty close to that because it seems like Janet didn't see him ever since, you know... Whatever his last mission was. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. It, now obviously he never made it to her birthday, which <laughs> was coming up real soon. He still got the card to that. Yeah. Um, so something so, went yes. down. And very, I'll even, very, very, very quickly. Yes, and I'll even say that uh, the first time I ever saw this episode... Uh, without even thinking about it, um, and not knowing a whole lot about the prisoner, I I sort of automatically thought that this episode was about the reason why he resigned, and that it all had to do with the Seltzman guy. Yeah. And looking but, back on it now, I don't think that's exactly clear, but it's still. I mean, that's that's not drawn out, but still, I think you could possibly maybe work that in somehow. It might have something to do with something. Well, it's obviously, it must go on that point. It must be something close to that. Maybe that may have been. Right. It may have been quote unquote his last case. Possibly before he resigned. So yeah, like, that's got something to do with it. Him getting angry or not? Yeah. <coughs> I think so. If if he's the, uh, I mean, the Charles says that uh, number six is the is the. Only guy who might know where Seltzman is because he's the last person to have contact with him. Yeah. But ordinarily, you'd think that he would have been debriefed of all that information, you know, because he's working for this agency. They're gonna want to. They aren't gonna want him to just be the only one that knows where this person is that they want to find. Apparently. True. Which means the village must have got to him first. Yeah. Heck, maybe, maybe, maybe that. Maybe that has to something to do with it. Maybe they yeah. wanted him to tell them where Seltzman was, and he refused. And maybe that has something to do with why. Possibly. I guess you guys can kind of probably tell at this point that uh, they aren't ever going to overtly tell us why. <laughs> I, I figured, I figured we don't know either. Yeah, we're guessing. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it for me, Drano. Jeez. I figured it'd be right. a big reveal in the last episode. Duh. In the last episode, they're all going to go to this church and uh, find out that they're dead. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lost. <laughs> all right. Thanks, so for, I... thanks for ruining it for me, there. <laughs> An hour into this podcast, and we're only halfway through the episode. Yeah, so we back speed it up. How good it is. Very, we better speed it up a little bit. Um, so, uh, I don't think there's really much to be talked about, actually, to be honest with you. Um, the, the Colonel decides to go to... Decides to go to... Birthday party. Yep, yeah, and I've got a lovely... Uh, as I've got a lovely behind-the-scenes shot of that birthday party. I didn't invite you. Party? Is it from A, B, and C? No, it's from this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it looks like it's from A, B, and C. Wait, are you sending us links again? Is that why you're waiting for something to happen? No, 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 no. I was, right. I was, I was, I was looking for the, I was actually looking for the picture in my book. Oh, okay. I think it was the same building they used in A, B, and C. I think it was. It, it looked like it. <laughs> it's yeah. like the party place. Well, then again, it was supposed to be built from his mind and blah, blah, Hey, blah. yeah, that's right. Well, well no, because they were using footage from one of Mon- Madame Angadine's famous parties. So you'd think that oh. the, uh, 
Oh, Dolly. Sorry. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a sect from A, B, and C in the general. Yup, yup. Uh, and the balcony had also been seen in many Happy Returns. Ah. And the arbor was an adaptation from Angadines from A, B, and C. Yeah. Where it also functioned as the arbor, right? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> so, so we're just about the part where he pets her face. Yeah. And he seems surprisingly calm about that. Some strange yes, guy. Exactly. <laughs> Only <up> this. <laughs> Would anyone else know how to do this to you? <laughs> I'm sure you're not a creepy, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to need to take a minute to start draining to compose himself. Yes, uh, yes, sorry. I might need some tissue. Oh, insanity. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, he t- so he, they they kiss. Yep. <gasps> yeah. Shocking. Not six is kissing six's girlfriend. <gasps> Hold the front page. What? Hold the front page. Hold the front page. <laughs> Extra. Stop the presses. You know how long it takes to get these things back on. <laughs> Stop the presses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, after that, the, uh, the colonel gets some photographs done. Oh, uh, uh, I think there's an interesting point about this. Go ahead. Uh, so he's gone to the party because she's got, I guess, the claim ticket that he needs mm. to get the slots, mm. mm-hmm. yes. which he has given to her secretly, uh, I guess, a year ago for reasons, which. Yeah. By itself is interesting because uh, you wouldn't think that he would ordinarily involve his fiancée in some kind of clandestine thing like this. So maybe this is another tip as to uh, he, he doesn't want his own people to have this thing. He's given it to his fiancée to keep secretly. Maybe this is another hint that he's he's doing – he's involved in something that's off the books. You know, he's – yeah. Something's going on that's not entirely. I I always figured it was he was involved in some kind of wetware or wet work, you know. Yeah. Somebody needed to be disappeared. <laughs> but you, you wouldn't think you'd involve your fiance in this. You wouldn't want your fiance to hold stuff like this. So I guess my point is he must have been pretty desperate to have her be the one to to hold this for him. I think. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> he gets some pictures. From the very nice yeah. gentleman who takes his picture. Yeah. They, were, they were picked up by accident by someone else. Accidentally. Yeah. Accidentally. And returns. Oh, it's perfectly innocent clerical error. Ha 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 ha. Ha yes. ha 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 ha. It, 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 obviously, he was not not employed long, obviously. Mm. Obviously. Yeah. Really. Mm. Yes. Mm. These, two, these two are so polite to each other throughout yes. this mm. Oddly, I don't know. Is everybody in England that polite? Did Did you miss my comment about that in an earlier episode, Sergeant Durino? <laughs> Why is uh, everyone in England so polite? Amnesia. Then the nice, the, the more polite they're being to you, the more of a dick they're really being to you. <laughs> so what you're saying is after I'm uh, a dick. <laughs> after he left, after he I, left I picked that, that quote up from somewhere else. To be honest, though. <laughs> So that camera guy was probably working for uh, Charles Portland and ratted him out right as soon as he got those uh, pictures. Uh, and, and possibly. Yeah, probably. So, but And we well, see the, the Undertaker guy again, too. And yep, he's, he's being so nonchalant about following him. 
It's like, <laughs> you're being followed. You know you are. I don't have to be secret about this. He was a waiter at the party, too, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... But after he picks him up, you can clearly see it's Patrick McGowan driving the yep. Lotus and not, yeah. not yep. the Colonel. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the quantum leap, see? When he's not looking in the mirror, uh, you know, we <laughs> see him as he really is, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wouldn't yeah, wouldn't this episode have worked a lot better actually if it was Patch McGowan and we only ever saw the Colonel in reflections? Well, yeah, but I mean, or vice versa, or <laughs> possibly, yeah. Or if like when there were other people around, it was the Colonel, and then when he was by himself, it was Patrick McGowan. Maybe, possibly, <laughs> possibly but I think that would have been more confusing for the viewer. <laughs> we are t- we are, oh, we are talking. This, this show is worrying about getting confusing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. the objective. <laughs> True. And we and then the colonel goes back to uh, number six's home and we see the code that's being broken. For the f- well, broken. I guess he knows what the code is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't break anything. Well, that's true. <laughs> he just knows what it is. And then he puts all the uh, slides into the projector and we see that he is in Austria. Yes. Cue, yeah. Cue some stock shots. Oh, hang on, hang on. I, I have to blow the lid off a couple of things at this point. Oh, please do. I, you talked to my, you messaged me on Facebook. Uh, yes, yes. Drawing the night. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, you guys remember back in Many Happy Returns uh, when uh, number six finally washes up on the beach and he doesn't know what countries he's in, right? Yes. You, you remember that. And what, we, what, what Shane told us in that episode is that location is called Beachy Head. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, and, and we speculated that, you know, he might not know, he might not recognize Beachhead. But what we learned in the cold open is that one of his slides is of Beachhead. So he actually should have known what country he was in. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha Okay. And the uh, <laughs> thing, too. <laughs> I think that might have been another attempt at a red herring through the plot because they make a couple of references to this photo of Loch Ness. Well, then we can pinpoint the exact location. Yeah. <laughs> they never do anything with it. I, uh, the other thing I was going to mention is um, in the cold open, uh, at one point they say, uh, Charles says, what's what's slide number six? And uh, it's a picture of uh, Salzman. And he says, oh, yeah. what about number six? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, and that's also the fourth slide that uh, the colonel slash number six puts in his projector. But... Uh, none of the numbers he writes down as to which sides he picks, uh, none of those numbers are actually number six. They're 5, 20, 13, and 14. So why is he putting that slide in home? I thought I Go thought home. it was combined they make Seltzman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, combined I, they tell you where he is. but yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was one more than Seltzman. One other one that yeah. was Seltzman. I don't know. That looked a lot like the same one in the in the. Open. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was when, like, when, when all four of them were together, they made a picture of Seltzman as well. That's what I thought when I, when it, like, I saw the lettering and then suddenly there's also Seltzman. I just, that's kind of how my brain went paying attention. Uh, you, you thought it was like, um, um, what's that? What's that cartoon with the, the different robots that combine Voltron? Yeah. You thought it was like Voltron. <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, all together they make a picture of Salesman and his location. <laughs> <laughs> and his Phone location. blazing sword. <laughs> oh. 
reform blazing Austria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we Although, see. I would like to take a moment to appreciate the fact that there was a slide projector there. How long has it been since you've seen a slide projector? A uh, couple years. There you go. Yeah. I think I saw yeah. one at a thrift store. And, and, for, and for those people <laughs> who were born before uh, 1985, uh, a slide projector is like a really, really slow PowerPoint. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Shane. I was born in 1992. I know what a slide projector is. <laughs> Don't tell me about. But then again, projector. I went to the public library when I was like eight. So, and they had one of those in the conference room. I'll see your slide projector and raise you a microfiche with a side of overhead projector. <laughs> overhead projectors. Remember those? And maybe some Betamax. <laughs> Betamax. All right. So now it begins the montage of traveling to... Yes. To, to France. Uh, where the one oh, guy is sitting in his car with somehow a beeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when did they ever have a chance to put that on him? Uh, they say they, they guess they put it on while he was talking to Sir Charles. Because Sir Charles says, oh, yeah, we put a homing device on his car. Yeah. Right after he leaves. Yeah. But you'd think that number six is a pretty smart guy, right? I mean, he, Sir Charles even said we're going to have you follow it all the time now. But, I mean, he didn't think to, like, check his car to make sure there wasn't a homing device on it so that he wouldn't lead people right to Seltzman. <laughs> of course not. Which is, like, the first thing Seltzman says, too. Oh, they want you to lead the people right to me. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, I didn't think about that. Oh, yes. oh crap. So, yeah. I'm so, a highly trained secret agent who should totally know how to do this. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it seems like that's his plan. That, that the, he wants people to show up and they're just going to accost them till they find whichever side has his body. So their plan is uh, wait for people to come out uh, while uh, you hide behind this door, I think. Yes. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so the colonel gets to uh, Austria, finds Seltzman, have a brief conversation. Yep. Um... Handwriting. And, yeah, talks about the handwriting. That that can totally be forged by another person, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Indeed. would you agree, like, fingerprints? And my first immediate thought was, no, I would not agree, because the number of times I know people have forged other people's handwriting. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, that didn't even occur to me, but you're totally right, yeah. yeah. I was like, and, I mean, yeah, sure, you could... I guess they were going with, yeah, you can forge a signature, but you can't forge an entire piece of handwriting. Well, you try long enough. <laughs> True. You can eventually start mimicking other people's handwriting. Right, something, right. I, something I would remark about this. Uh, yeah. uh, I think it's possibly another interesting clue that Seltzman has this letter that uh, he was sent while he was in Scots Scotland uh, yeah. by number six, while number six was in London. That this is a letter that apparently uh, number six really expected Seltzman to get rid of because it would have been dangerous to keep. So, contents of that probably sensitive. Maybe perhaps this was the letter that sent him into hiding because if he sent the letter then, then this was before he went off to hide in Kandersfeld, before all the slides and the code and all that kind of stuff. So, maybe this is the letter that set up the situation we have now. Just a thought. Continue. Possibly. It might, that might work. Uh, so he meets Seltzman, has yep. a little discussion. Sentimental people are stupid. Yep. 
And then he goes to hide in the basement while yeah. his, 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 his tracker comes. Yes. And then we have a fight scene. In a horribly wired basement. Tripping yes. hazards everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And some explosions. And we can never seem to go in the episode of The Prisoner without a fight scene. It, it, Why would we? That's true. And we see the Untaker going down the stairs with some nerve gas. What is he dressed as? Uh, it looks like a cabbie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what what I don't understand is, is I was I was actually, I was actually go, I was actually going for more more of a surgeon with the color. Oh uh, yeah, but he's got that hat on. Possibly. Mailman. I don't know. It was uh, kind of random. I just don't understand how 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 the knockout gas doesn't affect him. Is it just because he's higher up by like five steps or? Yeah, it shoots out. Yeah, but it's still going to dissipate into the whole room. That's One true. squirt, you're paralyzed. Two squirts, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was one long. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's not really a gas. Maybe it's a more of an aerosol that uh, settles, you know, kind of in the general area where you spray it. Mm. That's a possibility. Possibly, possibly. But after all that, he has been uh, the colonel's being taken back to the village with Seltzman. Yep. Oh. Quick point before we get too much farther. Okay. Uh, at one point, Salzman asks number six uh, if he thinks it's his own people that have done this to him, and he's, yeah. he says he's sure that it's not. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I, he, you get, I mean, his lack of memory of the village might be informing that opinion, but uh, do we think he's right? Do we think he's wrong? Do we don't know? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> okay. Continue. Hmm. They're back to the village. Yeah. With Zeltman. Yeah, so uh, he agrees to do the role reversal. Alone. <laughs> <Role> reversal. <laughs> yes. Sounds like therapy. <laughs> yes. And then oh. we... And then we see the colonel, number six, and Zeltman uh, in the operating theater. Or have a bit of theatre, uh, <laughs> and uh, and then we have the and we have the reversal. And I then thought, I thought these electrical effects were pretty decent. Uh, they didn't. They yeah, looked... from from mid nineties for the mid ninety six. I would agree with you. Uh. And everybody who's anybody is in number six, number two's office. <laughs> yep. And then the procedure seems to be a success. But Settlesman dies. Or does he? he indeed. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> indeed. And uh, uh, Colonel wakes up. He is, uh, he is let go. Yeah. Gets into the helicopter. Yep. Settlesman dies. Yep. And then we realize it isn't actually Settlesman. Yep. Well, it's his body, at least. It's the body, but not the brain. Yep. It's and, the Colonel. Yeah. And the, with, the, with the German accent. Yes. <laughs> and then number six wakes up, and we see Patrick McGowan properly for the first time in this episode. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then uh, he die. Uh, well, the Colonel in Salesman's body dies. Yep. And yep. then the and the and uh, the Colonel in the Salesman and the Colonel body takes off from the helicopter. Yep. And yep. the episode is over. <laughs> now you can they, finally they practice. Make a big deal. He can finally <laughs> practice his research without being annoyed. 
<laughs> or something. No, but they make a big deal about uh, him getting away in the helicopter, and two's all like, oh my god, we just missed him. But can't they <laughs> operate that thing on remote? They did that like the first episode. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think the back of the village guys also remarked how uh, number six like rats him out two minutes after he's walked out of the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, wow, you couldn't have couldn't have waited a little bit, you know. <laughs> you know, w- waited till he was supposed to make contact, and then been like, oh well. You know, you Just traded the wrong away. bodies. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Jerk. Waka waka. Number six should have been like, wait, I am the colonel. I guess you should let me go, too. I'll go hunt down salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no reason to keep me here. Reason to keep me here. Wink, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, regarding this episode, again, tells the quote... I expected to be called in t- and expected to have a major rewrite of, of this. I couldn't really see in any way I could have turned into the story into a masterpiece, but the writer was not con- uh, contacted. So they just ran with it? So David Tomblin himself gave two rewrites of the script. wonder what he changed. Uh, I, uh, a, few bits he, and bo- uh, a few bits and bobs. He took out the bit with the magician. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> At least this didn't devolve into a clip show. Yeah. We, we don't have a clip show coming up, do we? That would be telling. Me indeed. <laughs> in, in, indeed, indeed, indeed. But final thoughts before I move on to a few other bits and bobs? Um, well, you guys go first. Um, like I said, I thought this was an interesting episode. It would have yeah. been really good if it had a couple more rewrites, tightened up the script a bit. Uh, really fleshed out where they were going with this whole salesman mind transfer thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's all I got. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, a c- couple of other things. Uh, on, on the so in uh, in salesman saloon set, the candidate gave the date of the sixteenth, and the close-up mm-hmm. of the letter it was addressed to Mister Salesman of Twenty Marion Road, yeah, <laughs> uh, Clay, uh, Scotland. And it was postmarked Greenfield, Middlesex, 2 p.m. 10th of May, 1961. Ah, interesting. That's ages ago. Yeah. I've got one other thing to mention, which is the foreign uh, dubs. That's foreign oh. translations. Uh, nothing major. Um, in, uh, in German, in Ger- uh, in German, German. Uh, the edition we had a different title of two colon two equals two and in Italy it was known as the loss of the barber <laughs> and uh, one mind for two bar- and one mind for two uh, bodies <laughs> too, bad, too bad none of the foreign countries called it a change of mind that would have been funny <laughs> <laughs> extra bonus confusion yeah. uh, and it was, it was not originally dumped in French in 1968 Hmm. I wonder what uh, what his code name was in French. If it was still Duval, or if it was something I, else. I have not got a clue. That would have been <laughs> fascinating. I got Obviously, a couple more. Uh, uh, I should point out there is a French translation. I don't know if it's set up. It's been it's been a, quite a while since I saw the video, but there is a trans 
French translation of this on YouTube. Oh, cool. We can find out then. We can find this information out. But that was a good six, seven months ago, so whether it stayed up on YouTube, I haven't got to. Oh, once on the internet. Always on the internet. Somewhere. <laughs> Indeed. But uh, I am going to take a break, and oh. we'll pay this ad. In every generation, there is a podcast where one alone has watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. The three others must stand against the spoilers, the synopses, and the forces of DVD commentary tracks. This is Potential Cast. This is Stephanie. This is Kim. I'm Gabby. I'm Illyrio. I see sort of myself in Cordelia. I really like that line for some reason. The show does that a lot, and I really like it. Explanation about Buffy's a Slayer. Don't tell anyone. That's all the information you need. We do have a lot of feedback. Whether you're brand new to Buffy or you're a seasoned rewatcher, come find us at potentialcast.com. And we're back. Yay! Yay! So commercial. Uh, yep, that was a great commercial, wasn't it? That was the best commercial ever. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, Jenny, you said you wanted to uh, have a few more things. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I liked uh, I liked the bit where um, Potter shows up and yeah. uh, and he comes in there and Seltzman is like, "Oh, can I do it? You like a haircut?" And Potter's just like, "Don't move, Doctor Seltzman." Yeah. <laughs> Be still, Professor. Super casual. Yeah, just stay right there, Seltzman. I know who you are. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting about this episode as to where it should come in the viewing order is um, this is one of those rare times where where it, where it feels like the village is actually willing to risk uh, losing number six permanently to try and get Seltzman. It seems like Seltzman is a higher priority for them than number six is. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um Maybe it it tells us at this point they're maybe on the verge of giving up, you know, trying to get his answer from him. Or maybe Seltzman just is a higher priority and they're willing to sac- potentially sacrifice one to get the other. Um, and dang, there was one more thing. Seltzman. We could have the ultimate spy if we had him on our side. Yes, we can break the security of any nation. <laughs> um... Dang, I can't remember what the last thing is. It'll come back to me. Continue. I'll just interrupt whenever it comes to me. Excellent. 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 <laughs> so time to hit the emails. I mean, the one email? The one email, yes. We got emails. We still have Who email, which is good. What? One even. Who would, who would like to read that? Um, uh, I got it up right now. Oh, excellent. Okay. So you take it. All right, we got yet another email from Harold. Yay. Thanks, Harold. <laughs> Thank you, as, Harold. As always, thanks, Harold. He's our one listener. <laughs> Out of the 77 likes we have on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only person. Those are old likes. <laughs> Those don't count anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway. So Harold writes. Harold writes. <laughs> if I ever needed a reminder of TV shows, uh, our first and foremost of product, this episode will provide a useful example. A good friend of the internet tells me that there is a production story. <clears throat> there is a I'm sorry. There's a production story to explain this disaster, but it does not excuse it. <laughs> wow, this disaster. <laughs> oh, okay. 
there was ever a show that was relying on its star, it's The Prisoner. There's no supporting character, no best friend, lover, confidant, or even a regular recurring villain to focus on for an episode when needed. True, the idea of a mind switching fits in the uh, in our uh, <laughs> with our body double episode and the controlling dreams episode and several other mind control episodes. Why does those work and this one doesn't? I think it's the lack of Bagoon's presence. Uh, we don't even uh, we don't. Sorry, the sentence is weird. We don't even. <laughs> any real scenes with him to bookend the swaps. Uh, instead, we get stunt doubles, clip reels, and stills. An actor who plays the colonel doesn't channel McGowan. There's no sense that number six is inside the person's body. He moves and speaks differently uh-huh. without any sense of purpose or, or fury to epitomizes our prisoner. Uh, we do get some backstory, but it doesn't feel right. Why didn't the six attempt to contact his fiance when he was in the town during many happy returns? Especially Good since question. her dad was a big shot within his agency. I was also disappointed with the ending. The prisoner had only taken a few steps. Uh, uh, the professor had only taken a few steps toward the door when the jig was up. How on earth did he manage to get to the helicopter, <laughs> let alone the permanently escape from the village? Uh, the so it reminds me of uh, of the Doug Yule fronted Velvet Underground album Squeeze. Uh, <laughs> made after the original bland, band members split. Uh, this episode is the look, set design, background actors of the prisoner, but none of the heart. One out of ten mind-swapping barbers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thanks very uh, much for that, Harold. And uh, you can leave us feedback at theprisonerintercast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page where you, uh, you just search on Facebook for In the Village. A prisoner intro cast. There's also a spoilers group. Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at uh, The Prisoner Intro. Let's go for, let's go for ratings. So, uh, Sergeant Drano, I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, I thought this was a pretty solid episode. It had its problems, of course. Uh, I thought the guy who played the Colonel, uh, Nigel Stock, is that his name? Um, I thought yes, he did. Yes, yes, yes. He, I think he did the best job he could as far as you know, trying to be number six in a different body. But the the guy is just not does just doesn't have the intensity of Patrick McGowan. You know, it's tough job to try and pull off. Um, but I thought on the whole it was a pretty interesting episode, uh, considering what they had to work with. I thought they did a pretty good job pulling it off. So I am going to give it eight out of ten. Uh, switching minds between, I guess, eight to ten people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Aaron? Uh, Yeah, like I said earlier, I tried to like it, and overall, I I can sit there and enjoy it. Uh, It just, the fact that it was complete, felt like it was completely out of left field for me, kind of made me hard to figure out what, why was this made, but uh, I, yeah, I, overall, it was enjoyable, had its issues. I give it six slide transparencies out of ten. Oh, okay. Excellent, excellent, excellent. John? Um, like I said before, I thought this was a, a fairly decent episode. Uh, if it had a few more rewrites, uh, tightened up the script a bit, it could have been really, really good. Especially given the context of, you know, mind swapping and all the other crazy crap we get in the village. Um... <laughs> But yeah, you know, again, it's not it's not perfect. Um, so I'm gonna agree with Aaron. Uh, six out of ten. Um, 
underused car montage footage. <laughs> <laughs> underused? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay, whatever. You don't see that car nearly enough. Okay. That, that car is awesome. The car okay, is awesome. and that falls to me. Um, oh, this episode. Uh, <laughs> yes. It is not great. Uh, the stylization is all wrong. Um, How are, is that possible? It's mostly stock footage. Well, that's the fact that he's using stock footage. <laughs> you know? It doesn't feel like an episode of The Prisoner that we've seen over the past 12 weeks. Or... Well, it feels like several episodes of The Prisoner we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but they all start running together anyway. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to have to give this 4 out of 10 unknown fiancés. Damn it, Janet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in two weeks, so we'll, be, so we'll be recording our next proper episode on the 14th, 14th of June. June. Uh, but for our next episode, which is Living, Living in Harmony. Harmony. So, what is Living in Harmony? Oh, Six finally decides he's had enough and decides to live perfectly harmoniously with the village. Totally. He finally mm-hmm. becomes mutual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not disharmonious. Harmoniously. Mutual. <laughs> he becomes a mutual. Mutual. <laughs> <laughs> he finally becomes mutual. They yes. never bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, that's gonna be, I think that's going to be a fascinating episode. And in two weeks' time, we are actually currently still looking for a guest on that particular episode. So if you're interested, just bring me on, on Twitter or Ooh. Facebook. Yes, yes Draino? Oh, just, no, no, no. Just, just, just food. Just thinking to myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I thought of what I forgot. Oh, cool. Uh, just a little food for thought in the uh, who's running the village debate. Um huh? It's interesting, maybe noteworthy, that uh, it, both the village and Number Six's people are following him. You know, if it, if it was all just one thing, you you wouldn't think they'd duplicate resources like that. They'd just have you yeah. know one guy following. But we've got two different guys yeah. so that, following. So that gives more credence to the third party. Yeah, possibly. Either that, or there's just another level of security, and you know, maybe. Maybe Sir Charles's area of things don't need to know about this other thing, so possibly could be that too. I don't know, but possibly. anyway, just uh, a little food for thought. Food possibly, for thought. as always, I want to thank the band. Do not forsake me and my darling. So, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Be seeing, Be seeing you. you.